Have you ever been watching the Olympics or some sort of race, whether it's running, cycling, whatever, and have you ever seen when a athlete makes it about 99% of the way through the race and then come the last stretch, the final stretch, they trip, they fall, something happens where they get passed right at the end. Well, unfortunately, that sort of thing happens way more often than, than it should, right? Where they put in all the effort, but don't get the results because of a, of a mistake at the end. And that is why today we're gonna to be talking about the things you should know as a federal employee when picking a day to retire. Because if you're thinking about retirement, well, you've made it. You made it all the way till retirement. You wanna make sure the final decisions you make at the end of your career match your situation and match where you can get the most out of your benefits. So we're gonna dive right in. And again, if you are new here, my name is Dallin Hawes. I'm a financial planner that serves federal employees to help them retire comfortable and confident. We talk about this sort of stuff all the time, so feel free to join the community. It is a great place to be. So let's jump right in. Okay, so there are really two main factors that you need to be thinking about when picking a day to retire. And after we talk about those two, I'm gonna actually talk about three big mistakes that I see all the time and ramifications that come into play when people don't think everything through. So we're gonna jump right in. So mistake number one, or not mistake. <laughs> these are the two factors. Before I get to mistakes, these are the two factors you wanna consider certainly when picking a date to retire. So number one, you have to understand when your pension's gonna start and how it depends on the day you retire, okay? So how it works is your pension is going to start on the first day of the month after you retire. Okay, so let's say you retire January 10th as an example. Okay, so when would your pension be payable, right? When, when does that come into play? Well, it's actually February 1st, February 1st. And the reason is because again, your pension's gonna be payable the first day of the month after you retire. So what if you actually retire, let's say January 31st? Well, when does your pension start? Well, actually the very next day of February 1st, the very next day. So as a first federal employee, what this tells us is often it makes sense to push your retirement to the closest to the end of the month as reasonable for you. You could certainly retire on the last day of the month, which means your pension would be payable the very next day, which is good news. So it's not the end of the world if you can't do this or it doesn't make sense for whatever reason, but something definitely to consider when it does make sense, definitely retire near the end of the month as much as you possibly can. Okay, so that's number one, is understand when your pension is gonna start depending on when you start or when you retire, right? Number two, and that is you have to understand what happens to your annual leave at retirement time. This is a big one. So for those that do not know, when you have annual leave on the books at retirement time, you actually get a lump sum check. They send you money and say, hey, you had annual leave on, on the books, we're gonna pay you as if you had worked that amount of time. Now, um, if you have a substantial amount of annual leave at retirement, this can be a large dollar amount, which is great. That's great, great news, right? However, as many of you also know, annual leave for most positions tends to be use or lose, meaning if you do not use it at the end of each annual leave year, at the end of the, the year for leave purposes, then you're gonna lose it, right? There's only so much of it that goes over to the next year. And that is why for annual leave purposes and to get that lump sum in as big as possible, many federal employees retire at the end of the year. 
at the end of the year because they're able to build up as much as they can and maybe have way more than the amount that can actually pass over to the next year and so they could cash all that in before they lose some of it come the beginning of the next leave year. But there's one complication here. The end and the beginning of the leave year is not the same as a calendar year. So it's not always January 1st right? It actually changes every single year. Now, I'm not sure when you're going to be watching this video, but there's going to be a link below to take you to an article on my website that talks about this exact thing. And there's going to be a chart there that shows you for from 2022 to 2030 for every single year when the beginning and end of every leave year is. And generally, it's right around the end of December or early January, right in those kind of couple weeks, right in there, that is when it's going to be. So you want to plan your retirement potentially around those dates if you want to maximize annual leave and get as much out as you possibly can. So again, those are the two big things you want to think about is, okay, when is your pension going to start? Depending on when you actually you know, retire and leave the government. Second, what is your plan with your annual leave? But again, maximizing your annual leave is not the only thing that matters. You certainly want to line up all the things we're going to be talking about today with your own retirement goals, right? Maybe you are retiring in a place that is super, super cold. Maybe you don't want to retire in the winter. Maybe you want to retire in the summer so you can actually go out and enjoy it, right? Those are some of the personal factors that you have to kind of roll into this as well. Of course, you have to make the numbers and the finances work, but of course, along with that, I'm sure there's ways to make it work for your situation so that you can meet your retirement goals as well. So moving right along. So now we're going to be talking about the three big retirement mistakes, okay? And the ramifications that a lot of people see and they really aren't happy about, okay, most of the time. So number one, and just a moment ago, we had been talking about annual leave, okay? your annual leave and how often people can get a lump sum payment at retirement. Now, this lump sum payment is taxable income. So what does that mean? Well, if you have lots and lots of hours saved up, well, this lump sum payment can get pretty large, which is great news, but it will add into your taxes. So let me tell you about a kind of a stereotypical situation where someone works a full year, retires near the end of the year, and gets a large lump sum payment from their annual leave. So their taxable income in that year is gonna be higher than it really has ever been because generally the last year of their career, they get paid the most. And of course, their lump sum payment is taxable as well. And so what that can do is to push them into potentially a higher tax bracket they don't wanna be in, right? That could certainly happen or just in general, of course, they're gonna have to owe more taxes, right? But there's other ramifications that could come into play as well. Well, like for example, maybe you won't be able to put money into a Roth IRA because of that for that year, or maybe you can't deduct your contributions to a traditional IRA, or maybe it's going to increase how your social security is taxed, or maybe your Medicare premiums are gonna increase in retirement, right? There's some lots of things to consider when it comes to taxes. So you have to understand that you understand the tax ramifications of this annual leave lump lump sum payment. Again, it's not gonna be a deal breaker for everyone. For many people, it doesn't make a big difference tax-wise, but it may for you. So you certainly want to make sure that that makes sense for you. Okay, mistake number two, and this has to do with your TSP, okay, your thrift savings plan, and a 10% penalty that could come into play. So. When it comes to taking money money out of retirement accounts like IRAs, 401ks, or your TSP, the normal 
age that you have to reach to not have a 10% early withdrawal penalty is 59 and a half. That is the normal age. Now, there is one nuance for your TSP, and that is, as a traditional first employee, as long as you retire in the year you turn 55 or later, okay? So let's say 56, 57, 58, or even in the year you turn 55, okay? Then you can actually waive this 10% penalty because you retired in the year 55 or later. So you can actually take it before 59 and a half, um, which is a great, great thing. Now, if you're a special provisions federal employee and you know who you are, if you are, well, that age is actually 50. As long as you retire in the year you turn 50 or later, you can access your TSP without this 10% penalty. So this is huge. You have to understand how to get around this 10% penalty because 10% is massive. That's a big, big deal. You certainly don't want to have to deal with that. Now, one mistake I see all the time with this is many people have IRAs as well, the TSP and IRAs. If you, when you retire, if you move your money from the TSP to an IRA, well, that's great. And often it makes a ton of sense. But if you are under age 59 and a half, well, IRAs do not have the same rule where you could get, you can avoid the 10% penalty at 55, 50, the things I just talked about, right? Those rules do not apply in an IRA. They do not apply. Right? So if you move your money to an IRA before 59 and a half and start taking money out of that, well then you're probably going to see a 10% penalty. So if you're under 59 and a half, you want to at least leave some money in your TSP to make sure that this is not an issue for you, okay? So again, you have to understand how this 10% penalty comes into play and come up with a plan on how you're gonna get money out of your TSP or IRAs or your spouse's 401k, whatever it is, so that this all makes sense for you. Okay, last big mistake that I see all the time. So like I said before, your pension is payable on the first day of the first month after you retire. So if you retire in January, well, it's going to be payable February 1st. Now, here's the deal. When I say payable, that's not necessarily meaning that you actually get money right away. It can actually take OPM a long time, anywhere from six weeks and I've even seen up to 12 months, okay, for them to process someone's application enough for, for them to actually release a full pension payment and to get everything going, okay? So what that means is you have to be prepared just in case OPM takes that long for you. What if your pension wasn't gonna be paid to you for 12 months? Are you going to have the funds to fill the gap? That is huge. Now, even for your TSP, even for your TSP, because um, one common answer I get all the time is, hey, no problem, I'm just gonna take money out of my TSP to fill the gap between when I retire and when my pension actually starts to be paid to me. Well, it can actually take four to six weeks, four to six weeks, okay, um, for your TSP to be notified by your agency to say, hey, yep, they're retired, they're good to go, and for them to actually allow you to withdraw money. It can be shorter, right? But it can take that long. So you wanna make sure that you're prepared and that you have, again, the funds to fill in the gap. So a good rule of thumb is six months worth of income um, or of expenses is a good rule of thumb. Now, if you could have 12 months of expenses, that, that's even better. You want to have this cushion so that no matter when your pension starts, that you are going to be okay. And of course, after four to six weeks, you can get access to your TSP, right? But certainly you don't wanna deplete that too bad, right? Now, here's the deal. When your pension actually starts to be payable, 
they're going to pay you back for everything that they would have paid you up, up until when, when you retired and when it was payable, right? However, you just have to have the cash to fill that gap. So that's so, so crucial to have cash on hand and an, an emergency fund somewhere so that you are not stressed in the first year of retirement when you're waiting for your pension to start. So those are the big three mistakes that I see all the time when people pick the time that they retire and the things that come with that. So if there's any mistakes and maybe great advice that you've gotten about picking a day to retire, please put in the comments below on the YouTube channel. That will certainly help everyone out in the community so we can all get better and learn and can all pick the best day to retire. Now, one quick thing before we wrap up. I have a TSP cheat sheet for 2022, basically a one page PDF with all the key facts about your TSP, especially as you retire the things, the highlights that you need to know. Because like, like you know, the TSP website is a beast. There's so much information there. And I summarize all the key elements that you're going to want to know in 2022. And there's a link below to get that cheat sheet so you can have that as a quick resource for you in retirement and certainly in your career as well. So I hope, I hope that was helpful. Have an incredible rest of your day, guys, and I'll see you guys next time.